how to minister healing the publication of this work may be regarded as a testimony of my faith in divine healing. After being stopped for more than two years in the exercise of my ministry, I was healed by the mercy of God in answer to the prayer of those who see in him the Lord, that healeth thee, Exodus 15:26. I believe passionately in ministry to the sick. God cares about our lost, hurting, dying world. I remember, as a new Christian reading in God's word, how Jesus healed the sick nearly 2,000 years ago, and thinking, if he did it then, and he has not changed, then surely we should be seeing miracles today. I then heard of an Anglican minister who was praying for the sick and seeing them healed. So I attended one of the meetings that he was speaking at at the close of the service I went forward for prayer. For several years I had suffered from painful, bleeding stomach ulcers. But, before I could say anything the preacher said, the Lord shows me that you have stomach ulcers. I was so shocked. This was my first encounter with the word of knowledge. As he laid hands on me, I was healed. From that day onwards the pain went and the bleeding stopped. I went back excitedly to my own minister and told him what the Lord had done, to which he replied, God does not heal the sick today. Too late. I immediately responded, if you had told me that last week I might have believed you, but it is too late now for God has healed me. More and more as I read God's word, I saw that Jesus' ministry was not just a proclamation, but also a demonstration. Not only did people receive forgiveness for their sins and the assurance of heaven when they died, but he also healed them of their sicknesses and set the captives free. I also began to see that this pattern of ministry continued through the early church with no indication that it should ever stop. In this chapter let me share with you some principles that I have found to be important in ministering healing to others. I want to share general principles for ministry rather than techniques. One of the dangers in how-to books and conferences is that people can pick up techniques from the one ministering and miss the real key to their fruitfulness in ministry, their relationship with God. You cannot bypass an intimate walk with God and be fruitful in ministry. I knew of one minister who used to move his hand as he prayed for people. This was fine for him and the Lord used him. However, lots of the people who attended conferences that he spoke at returned with a kind of nervous twitch when they prayed. When I asked those folks why they had suddenly started doing the same thing, as in their local church it could be off-putting and was unnecessary, they did not know. They were just copying the preacher. They had learned a technique rather than catching the spirit of the ministry. I remember on one occasion mentioning, in passing how I usually keep my eyes open as I minister to watch to see whether the person is receiving from God. Afterwards, someone came up to me and said, the other week I heard an other well-known evangelist preach on ministering to the sick and he said that he always closes his eyes. What should I do? I smiled and explained that we were both just sharing what worked for us. There are no hard and fast rules about such things. Each person had to come before God and discover what was right for them. We must not get sidetracked on two peripheral issues. 1. Recognize and emphasize that Jesus is the healer. Some time ago, I went to speak at a series of meetings. On the first night, the Lord instantly healed a man who had been deaf in one ear from birth. The word soon got around and that afternoon a woman telephoned the secretary of the church and asked, Is the healer going to be there again this evening? I happened to be in the office at the time and overheard the secretary as wise answer, Yes, Jesus is always at our meetings. It reminded me of the evangelist who received a phone call asking, Is the healer at home? Yes, the preacher replied. Can I speak to him? The caller inquired. Just a moment, the preacher said. Then holding the telephone in the air, he shouted, Jesus, there is someone on the telephone wants to speak to you. 
When I talk about healing, I am not talking about faith healing, even though faith in God, for our healing is important. I have heard Christians use the term faith healing, but it is a term I dislike intensely. We are not faith healers, we are just Christians who believe that Jesus' healing power is the same today. I could not heal an ant with a headache. Many people who use the term faith healing claim to have healing powers of their own. I am only interested in divine healing, in Jesus the healer. This may sound an obvious thing to say, but I do believe that it needs emphasizing strongly. Over the years I have seen the Lord heal many thousands of people. I have had the privilege of seeing many blind receive their sight, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the dumb speak. Jesus has not changed, his power is the same today. But it was not me that healed them. If Jesus had not touched them, they would have gone home as sick as they had come to the meetings. I could never be proud of what God has done because I know that it is not me. We are just privileged to be God's co-workers. 1 Corinthians 3 9, Mark 16 20. I often say of the New Age religions with their claims that we can be God's who wants to be a God when we can be servants, sons, and daughters, and best friends with the one true and living God. When ministering healing, point people to Jesus. Always exalt Jesus in your preaching. He alone is the healer. We do not minister out of our own strength or supply. There have been a few times when I have gone to minister not feeling well myself, usually because I have been overdoing it and not resting enough. But it makes no difference how I feel, for the word of God is true and unchanging. Jesus is the same today as he was yesterday, and will be the same forever, Hebrews 13 8. I remember one night, after a long and busy tour, where I had been talking at several meetings a day, croaking my way through a message on healing after nearly losing my voice. Yet God did some great miracles that night. One man had traveled over a hundred miles to be at the meeting, and the Lord opened his deaf ears. In twenty years of ministering God's word, I can say to the glory of God that I have not missed one meeting I was supposed to be speaking at, through sickness. I did not say that I have never felt till the devil tries to put sickness on everyone. There have been a few occasions in Africa and Asia where I have preached with the fever, the sweat running down my brow, propped up by a chair. But, I have never missed a meeting. There are two reasons why that is so. Firstly, I am not going to give in and let the devil win one round. It is amusing, but, usually, as I preach and lift up Jesus, my own faith is released and I get healed halfway through my message. Then I just kick the chair away and off. Go. If I felt unwell, I would want to be in an atmosphere of faith. Some people send the amusing message to their pastor, I am sorry I can't be at the healing meeting because I am feeling sick. In Bible days they carried people on stretchers to be where Jesus was healing the sick. Secondly, the devil realizes that if he tries to put sickness on me, I have a goal that night to see at least 10 people healed of that same problem. I will make a point of praying specifically for those with that particular need. The devil knows that he is going to lose out tenfold every time. I emphasize again that our ministering to the sick is not dependent on how we feel, because we are not doing the healing. Lift up Jesus, for he alone is the healer. 2. Check your motives Why do you want God to use you? Is it for the glory of God, and because you care for God's hurting world? Although I have shared many testimonies of miracles in this book to help lift your faith, there are literally thousands of others which I have not shared. However amazing a miracle has been in one of our crusades, before I tell others, I seek first to ensure that I have gone before God alone and given him the glory. Then, if I believe it will help others, I check with the Lord that it is alright to share it. There were a few occasions when Jesus healed people and told them to tell no one. Although, 
As we have seen from God's word, many came to Christ when they saw the miracles. We have also seen that God's primary purpose for healing people is because he cares for them. Genuinely caring for others is an important principle in seeing God use you. Jesus was moved with compassion and healed people. Are we moved with compassion? Sometimes as I have traveled to meetings, tears have come into my eyes as I have looked out on the people around. They are so lost without Jesus. How I long for others to know the Lord's touch on their life. It is this burden that drives me to go to the ends of the earth with the gospel. Sometimes as I have been among a tribe living in a wooden shack, sharing my bed with hundreds of flying ants, as lizards and giant-sized cockroaches crawl around me, I have thought I would rather be in the comforts of my home or sitting behind my office desk. But love for God and for our world should cause us to lay down our lives. Our praying will tell us how much we care about others. The amount that we give to reaching the unreached will show us how much we really care for the lost. Ask the Lord to soften your heart and to give you something of his care for this lost world in which we live. I remember praying that prayer. As a grown man, I could not remember crying since I was four years old. But God began a process of softening my heart that day. It is so easy to get tied up in all the cares of business life, family life, and even church life, and to miss our main purpose for being here, to be ambassadors for Christ, to our world, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Ask God to open your eyes, to see this broken world as he sees it, and to feel his love for hurting, dying people. 3. See your need of the Lord's anointing. It is so vital that people realize that Jesus is ever present to touch and to heal. So many people say, if Jesus were here, I know that he would heal me. Yet he is of course there. Our goal is to help people to see that Jesus is there with them, that they might reach out by faith to receive their healing. We do this both by pointing them to the unchanging word of God and by the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our life and words. This is more than just speaking the right words. Anyone can say, Jesus is here, just believe it, but what we need is the power of God upon our words that they might come with divine impact. Only this can release people's faith to make them whole. How we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Luke 4 18, 19 Jesus attributed the miracles and the healings that took place to the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. In Acts 10 38 we read how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. There is nothing more important to me whenever I minister God's word and knowing God's anointing. This empowering comes from seeking for the Lord to fill you, being open to the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants and from recognizing your total dependence on him. Have you ever seen the Holy Spirit as your senior partner in ministry? Some Christians are frightened of the Holy Spirit, but there is nothing to fear. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. He will never lead you into error. Some talk about the Holy Spirit as though he were a doctrine rather than God, equal with the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is not a doctrine to argue about, but God to surrender to. Some ministers have spoken out very unwisely about things that they do not understand concerning the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Ananias and Sapphira were struck down dead for seeking Tolita and disregarding the Holy Spirit. Acts 5 3. 
when the religious rulers of Jesus' day accused him of working by the power of Satan, he warned them that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the only sin that will not be forgiven. Sin against the Holy Spirit is a very serious thing. It is better to keep quiet rather than to say something against the work of the Spirit. Some people say, but what if I surrender to the Holy Spirit and something strange happens? What if I receive some counterfeit gift? That is a lie propagated by the devil, you cannot receive something bad by surrendering to God. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to do things that are out of line with God's word. God only gives good gifts to his children, Luke 11:13. I live in dependence on the Holy Spirit. I want to flow with the Holy Spirit. When I share the gospel before thousands of Muslims and say, don't you just take my word for it, God is going to confirm the message that I have shared with signs following, I am dependent on God moving. If God didn't he turn up, I would be in serious trouble. The Holy Spirit is not just some divine influence or force he is a person. He lives within you. The Apostle Paul wrote, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 2 Corinthians 13 14 The Holy Spirit wants to fellowship with you. He wants to communicate with you and to show you the Father as well. Acts 10 19, 20, Acts 8 29 He wants to lead and to direct you. The apostles wrote to the believers at Antioch, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, Acts 15 28. They knew an intimate walk with the Holy Spirit that many today know nothing of. I believe that there is no greater need for God as servants today and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You can have all of the theory, theologically sound doctrines, and no power. To go without the power of the Holy Spirit is like trying to drive a car without an engine. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Acts 1.8 The Greek word Jesus used for power was dynamis, from which we get our English words dynamite, dynamo, and dynamic. Have you got the heavenly dynamite in your life? We are told to walk in the Spirit, to live in the Spirit, and to pray in the Spirit. If you do not know the power of the Holy Spirit may I encourage you to earnestly seek for the Lord to fill you. The Holy Spirit was freely outpoured at Pentecost, and so you can receive right now, as you reach out in faith, Luke 11 9 13. When we truly worship, the presence of God comes down. Then, by faith, people can just reach out and touch the Lord. That is why a lot of people get healed as they worship, for their eyes are off themselves and their needs, and on to the Lord. 4. Walk in obedience to the Lord We must walk in obedience to the Lord as well, as revealed in His Word. We also need to learn to walk in sensitivity to the Holy Spirit as direction for our lives day by day. Jesus said, I only do the things that my Father shows me. We too need that walk of obedience if we want to be used by Him. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Paul wrote, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Ephesians 4.30 Our total dependence on the Holy Spirit in ministry highlights the importance of maintaining a godly walk with the Lord. Do not go around laying hands on people if you are not right with God. 5. Take steps of faith A young man came back to the Lord a while ago, and after getting right with God, approached one of my colleagues and said, How do I start praying for the sick? He simply replied, Find someone who is sick and pray for them. Thanks said the man and off he went. A few minutes later he returned with his friend, beaming from ear to ear. Go on, tell him what happened, he said excitedly. Well his friend replied, I was just standing over there waiting, and he said, do you need the Lord to heal you of anything? I told him that I had got a stiff neck. So he laid his hands on me and said be healed in Jesus name, and I was. Don't be afraid to take steps of faith.
Early in my ministry, I was fearful of praying for the sick in case nothing happened. This same fear has held many other Christians back too. But you have got to step out in faith and start somewhere. Early in ministry I felt that the Lord spoke to me and said, Healing the sick is not your responsibility. Ministering to the sick is your response to my ability. Ever since then I have just sought to be faithful in ministry. I minister out of God's great ability to heal, not out of who I am. Just like Peter, we have to get out of the boat and walk on water. That means doing what you have not done before. There is no insurance company that will insure you to walk on water. It is a total risk all the way. You are risk sinking, but you also risk walking. So, you have to just get out of the boat. It has often been said that faith is spelt R-I-S-K. It is no use saying, I wish I could minister to people, like you do, Peter. You have got to start where you are right now. This kind of comment reminds me of the story of the person who stopped on their journey to ask for directions. The local person that was asked looked thoughtful for a moment and then said, Go to the end of the road, then turn right down into the village, A eh? Pousing, he continued, No, no, turn around and just keep straight on over the hill, and A. Eh? Then, with a puzzled look on his face he added, If I were you, I wouldn't he start from here. You have to start from here. You have to start from where you are right now. The German evangelist Reinhard Bonnke's ministry took off after he had to take a step of faith and believe that God would use him. This was after a visiting evangelist had left the crusade early. With a packed church awaiting, Reinhard had to minister to the sick himself. That night, many were healed and God began a mighty work in the church. Soon afterwards, the Lord called Reinhard to take the message of his saving and healing power across Africa, from Cape Town to Cairo. Although we must take steps of faith, we must also be realistic about where our own faith level is. I saw the Lord heal my friend's stomach aches and back pains before I saw blind eyes opened. As I saw God's faithfulness in the small things, so my faith grew to pray for greater needs. Soon, I started praying for some non-Christian friends who were sick. Some of them got healed and, as a result, were saved. One or two of them did not get instantly healed, but interestingly, they still got saved because they saw that someone cared. 6. Learn from others The Bible mentions several different groups of people who should be involved in ministering healing. Firstly, Jesus said, These signs will follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Mark 16 17, 18. Notice that Jesus spoke these words in reference simply to them that believe. The signs following are not limited to apostles, famous preachers, or some select group of Christians. If you are a believer, what I am sharing is relevant to you. Believing of course is the key. As you read these words, let your faith rise, that God can use you. Any Christian can be involved in seeing the sick healed. Secondly, there are some people to whom God has given a special ministry gift of healing, 1 Corinthians 12 29, 30. They are not healers. Jesus is the healer but they have a high level of faith when it comes to ministering to the sick and an outstanding high number of people are completely healed, often instantly, when they minister. This gift has often been neglected by the church. Many in an eagerness to involve the whole church in ministry to the sick have failed to learn from those gifted in this area and to first have their own faith built up to see miracles. Thus much body ministry has been done out of hope or wishful thinking rather than faith. This has left many people well prayed for but disappointed. All the gifts that God has given to the church are to equip us for ministry. We neglect these gifts to our loss. As a new Christian I traveled many hundreds of miles to attend conferences and meetings where the sick were being healed. I am so glad that I did. 
it was there that the scriptures were opened on the subject, and my faith grew to expect miracles today. We can learn so much from others that are being effectively used in ministry. Some pastors discourage their members from attending healing services and highly flits about such events from them. Often, because of fear, they disapprove of their members going to meetings outside their own church events. But if these ministers do not open their pulpits to such ministries that God has given to the church they cannot blame their people for going elsewhere. Such gifts are obviously very necessary, or God would have not given them to the church. To reject these gifts can be to reject Christ as healing. It is vital that we attend churches and events where our faith will be uplifted. It is also good to read books that will build our confidence in God's word. Thirdly, the elders of the church. James wrote, Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him and anoint him with oil, in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up and if he has committed any sin he will be forgiven. James 5 14, 15. God's intention is that all church leaders should be men of faith who are actively involved in ministry to the sick. He desires that such faith-filled ministry be readily available to every believer. Fourthly, pioneer ministries such as evangelists and apostles. In the book of Acts, wherever the early church leaders went advancing the gospel, the sick were healed. The Lord confirmed his word with signs following. It was his homage to the message that they shared. In pioneer evangelism, I firmly believe that miracles in Jesus' name are the key to a breakthrough among the unreached. 7. Realize that God wants the person to be well. In heaven there is no sickness, no lack, no disease, no poverty, and no hurt relationships. This is God's perfect will for his people. It is vital, if we hope to be used in ministry, that we realize Satan is the author of sickness, and that God wants people well, otherwise our prayers will be full of doubt and consequently ineffective. You will not be healed while you believe that it is God's will that you are sick. As we have seen, it is the prayer of faith that saves the sick and not just prayer. We have seen in earlier chapters that God is on the side of health. He tells us, Beloved I wish above all things that thou mayest be in health and prosper even as thy soul prospers, 3 John 2. He wants us to be as physically well as we are spiritually well. Although we realize that there are possible blockages to healing and that not everyone is healed instantly, this should not shake our faith that God wants people well. I used to have warts all over my right wrist. I had tried getting rid of them with various liquids and had even been to the doctor to have them burned off. Yet they returned. After I became a Christian I heard that God healed, but I had no faith that he would heal me I could not even imagine God doing it. It was as if the enemy kept saying, it is only your vanity that wants to get rid of them and there are a lot of people worse off than you. It is amazing how this attitude, there are a lot of people worse off than me, stops people coming for ministry. Actually, it is an insult to God, for it is implying that if he uses his power meeting your little needs, he might not have enough left for people as bigger needs. One day I was in the meeting where a little girl came forward to testify. I had a wart on my knee, she said, and Jesus has healed me. As she said that, my faith took off. I thought, if Jesus could heal her, he could heal me. I already knew from God's word that he wanted me healed, but this was the boost that my faith needed. I got out of my seat and went for ministry. The next morning when I woke up I did not have a single wart on my arm, they had all gone. To this day, the only mark I have on my arm is a burn mark from where the doctor had failed to burn them off. I am sure that God always wanted to heal me, but it was not until my faith was released that I received my healing. 8. 
Build faith in those to whom you are ministering ministers who do not preach Christ the healer do their people a great injustice. They leave them wide open to all the attacks of the enemy. When we preach the word, faith replaces unbelief and people come for prayer expectantly. Romans 10 17. A lot of Christians pray for what they would like to see God do, rather than what they really believe God is going to do. They pray out of exuberance, enthusiasm, or wishful thinking, rather than out of a faith that is grounded on the Word of God. Building faith in those you are ministering to is so important. We have already seen how faith was evident when Jesus healed people. He says such things as, Your faith has made you whole, Matthew 9:22, according to your faith be it done unto you. Matthew 9.27, And as you have believed, so it shall be done to you. Matthew 9.13. If faith were not necessary we could walk in and empty hospital wards, but faith is essential. During a crusade in Oxford, I agreed to visit a woman who had been bedridden for three weeks and was in great pain. She was hardly able to move due to a back problem. I asked this lady, Do you believe that God wants you healed and that he is going to heal you? She replied, the vicar has already prayed for me, and so has, and with that she listed the names of many others. Well I said, I don't just want to add my name to the list, so I will pray a general prayer, and leave. This made her think, and begin to reach out to the Lord, to do something. I shared some faith-building truths from God's word, until she said, now, I believe that God wants to heal me. I spoke the words, in Jesus' name I rebuke these back problems, and I tell them to go. Be healed in the name of Jesus. I then said to her, I will now leave the room so that you can move around. Then if you give me a call I will come back. In a matter of seconds, instead of calling, the door opened, and there the woman stood in her dressing gown, with a big smile on her face. She bent over and touched her toes, saying, I am healed. When her husband returned home that evening, to his surprise, she was up, dressed, and cooking a meal for him. Her friend later sent me a copy of the church magazine, with her testimony in it. The important thing to notice is that the breakthrough occurred when she went from wishful thinking, it would be nice to be healed, to expectant faith. When there are a line of people in a meeting coming for prayer, I will often look to see who seems to have faith for healing, and pray for them first. Their healing will encourage others. It often shows on people's faces whether or not they are expecting God, to do anything. We read in the book of Acts, that after the lame man had heard Paul speak, Paul, Observing him intently, and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he looked, and walked, Acts 14 9, 10. Build faith in those you are ministering to. Share faith-building truths from God's word, to dispel their doubts, and to lift their expectancy. Share testimonies of what God has done in your own life. That is why the final section of this book contains photographic reports from some of our crusades around the world. We trust that they will encourage you to see that Jesus is the same today and to step out in faith in a greater way. That is why we take a video camera to our crusades so that we can bring back records of the miracles as they happen for many in our land have not seen mighty miracles before. I think it is important to add here that there is a big difference between using these truths to build people's faith and using them to condemn others. A lot of precious people, for example, who are crippled or seriously ill have been hurt by insensitive Christians who have said such things as, the reason you are not healed is because you have not got enough faith. This saddens me so much. When it comes to lack of faith, it is not just the faith of certain individuals, it is all of our faith in general that needs to be lifted. There are some Christians who are always pressurizing others to go forward for prayer at every opportunity. If they see someone in a wheelchair, they always say, you should go up for prayer. However, 
I believe that it is best to leave people to respond when they want to and when they have faith rising in their hearts to be healed. Otherwise they will only get disappointed. It is better that they can just peacefully hear the word over and over until they themselves believe that they are ready to go for ministry. I usually ask people, when they come for prayer, what are you believing for God to do? There is a big difference between what are you believing for God to do and what do you want God to do. This helps me find out where people's faith is. Well, I would love to be healed, but I am not sure, some answer. I will then often encourage them to listen to a tape or read a book that will point them towards the promises in God's word and then to return for prayer afterwards. It was when Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed that he commanded the man crippled from birth to stand upright on your feet, and the man leaped and walked, Acts 14 8, 10. Sometimes it is better to agree in prayer for something that they can believe for than to pray in doubt and unbelief. As a pastor I always preferred to minister to people straight after preaching the word, for it is the preaching of the word that releases people less faith to receive from God. So now I give those present an opportunity to receive prayer and ministry each time I preach. I have found that people receive far more when I minister this way. When the pastor arranges to meet someone later on during the week, he will often find that by the time he gets there, the urgency of the situation has worn off. The cares of the world have often robbed people of the word and of their expectation. Praying straight after you have ministered the word seals something in people's hearts. When you minister, after having lifted up Jesus, you will find that people are looking to the Lord to meet their needs. I have often found in long midweek counseling sessions that people come looking to the pastor to meet their needs. This is, of course, not to say that there is no place for ongoing ministry, however, I have found that a hundred times more happens when you minister straight after lifting people's faith. One characteristic I have noticed of the rapidly growing churches in the world is that each week the people know that they can bring the unsaved to the services and that they will hear the gospel and have an opportunity to receive ministry. 9. Help people to release their faith Our goal is to see God's power released to meet the needs of those to whom we are ministering. In the account of the crippled lady who touched the hem of Jesus' garment, we read that as she did, power went out from him and healed her. Her touch of faith released the flow of God's power. There are a number of means recorded in the scriptures whereby God's power was released. For example, Jesus touched people, he put his fingers in the man's ears, he put some moist clay on a blind man's eyes and he spoke to them. These were each specific things. They were very real and practical actions. They were points of contact between Jesus and the person who needed healing. In the book of Acts, we read that even after the shadow of Peter's body fell upon the sick, they were healed and delivered, Acts 5.15. In Acts 19:11, 12 handkerchiefs were taken from Paul and laid upon the sick and they were healed. There was no healing power in Paul's handkerchiefs but they became a means to help the sick release their faith. The laying on of hands, prayer and anointing with oil do not bring the healing. They are simply the means to release our faith. If I suggested that we went out for a meal, it would remain just a good idea unless we set time and a place to meet up. If we just said we could meet together any time and any place, the chances of us meeting would be very small. The same is true of much praying, it is very vague. The laying on of hands, for example, sets the time to release our faith where we say, Lord, we are believing for healing right now. As we lay hands on a person at that moment we agree together for their healing. Be healed now, in Jesus' name. Jesus said, If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. Matthew 18:19. We need to find a point at which we can agree and for which we both have faith. I often encourage people by saying, 
When I lay hands on you, at that moment let us release our faith together to receive your healing. There are other ways of helping people to release their faith. The spoken word is another way. The centurion said to Jesus, Only speak the word, and my servant will be healed. Matthew 8 8. There is power in the word spoken in faith. It is significant that there are no biblical accounts of Christ praying for the sick. He usually just spoke healing to the person, be made whole, or, rise, take up your bed and walk. He commanded the condition to be well, Luke 4.39, or the spirit to leave, Luke 4.35, or the person being healed to do something, as a step of faith, Luke 5.24.610.714. There are a few cases where the scriptures do not tell us specifically that faith was present. However, to suggest that faith was not present simply because the word is omitted is unwise. This is shown particularly where different gospel writers carry the same account of a healing, and where faith is mentioned by some of the authors, and not by others. For example, Matthew does not mention the faith that was present at the healing of Jairus' daughter, only Mark mentions the faith present at the healing of the epileptic demoniac, and only Matthew accounts for the faith present at the healing of the Canaanite woman as daughter, although the other writers carry the accounts. The main way that faith is released to receive healing is by hearing the word of God preached. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10 17. I do not preach on Christ as healing power because people get healed, I preach it out of obedience to God's word. If no one was saved in my meetings I would still preach forgiveness, because it is so clear in the Bible. Yet, it seems sad to me that those who claim to believe that the Bible is authoritative in all matters of faith and conduct ignore the wealth of scriptural teaching on healing, the laying on of hands, and anointing. Ministering healing is not having an experience, and then going to the Bible to find support. It is standing on the promises of God's word until our experience catches up. Most pastors have had to preach on Christ's healing power and to deal with the doubts and unbelief in their congregation for some time before they have seen a breakthrough. At a recent conference where I was one of the speakers, a well-known preacher shared that for the first ten months, after he saw the place of healing and miracles in the Word of God, and began to preach on them, no one was healed. Then, one by one, people began to be healed. After about three years his church began to see the sick healed on a regular basis, and, as a result, several thousand came to Christ. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness, and every disease among the people. Matthew 9.35 His fame traveled, and a great multitude came together to hear and to be healed of their infirmities. Luke 5.15 A great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him, and to be healed of their diseases. Luke 6.17 Notice that teaching and preaching came before healing. Many people today just want to arrive at the meeting and dash forward for prayer. A lot of people want to be healed, but they don't want to hear God's word first. Such people seldom receive anything from God. It is by hearing the word that we receive the faith to be healed. Some people say to a friend, get them to pray for me, I do not have time to go to the meeting. Yet they will spend hours in hospital or waiting in the doctor's surgery. As one preacher put it, they have got time to die, but they have not got time to receive ministry. I do believe in praying for those who are too sick to attend the service and have seen many healed this way. However, I will usually encourage those who come on behalf of others to take some faith-building material or a tape of the service back to their friend. It is always best to bring people to the meeting where they can hear God's word and where people are expecting miracles. In the Gospels and the Book of Acts, it is interesting to note how often people brought their friends on their beds.
As I have already said, there is a place for coming for prayer on behalf of others. Many have been healed this way, especially children, whose parents have come on their behalf. In part 3 I will share the lovely story of the Tanzanian government official a son, who was at the point of death and was healed when the man came seeking help. In the scriptures we have such examples as Jairus who came on behalf of his daughter, and the centurion who came on behalf of his servant. However, I have found that those who are healed this way are themselves usually believing for a healing rather than being too lazy or too unbelieving to attend. It is rare that adults are healed this way who will not make some step towards God. People often seek prayer for their unsaved relatives. The first question I usually ask is, do they know that you are requesting prayer for them? If the unsaved person requested prayer, we have a point at which to release our faith. If not, my main prayer will be that they will come to know the Lord and to see their need for Jesus. Most people that receive healing have taken a first step towards God. One of the funniest times of praying on behalf of others was at a meeting in England where the Lord gave me some words of knowledge and on each occasion someone said, that s my wife or that s my husband. He is counseling in the counseling room. I wondered what the Lord was doing, but when all the people returned from the counseling room we called forward the various ones who the words of knowledge had been for, and each one testified how, as they were praying with others, they had been healed. It was, as if the Lord was saying, because they are serving me, they are not going to miss out. 10. Be open to the Lord for further information Ask the Lord to show you if there are any blockages to the person being healed, and be open to the Lord to highlight any resentment, fear unbelief, inner hurts, past occult involvement, unconfessed sin or anxiety that might hinder the flow of God's power. Often, until people are willing to let go of such things, they cannot be healed. Divine healing is more than just getting physically well. It includes a total healing of our relationships with God, ourselves, and with others. It is healing for our emotions as well as for our ailments. During one crusade a woman was brought to the front bent and crippled with arthritis, as she came forward, I felt the Lord say to me, ask her who she resents. Who is it that you resent? I asked. Her friend said, go on, tell him. She mentioned a man's name. I said, will you forgive him, because your resentment is completely destroying your health? I could never forgive him, she replied. I explained how Jesus had said that in order to be forgiven, we must forgive, and how her sin had hurt Jesus far more than she had been hurt, yet Jesus wanted to forgive her. I asked her again if she would forgive the man. I forgive you, she said, naming the person. As she said, that the power of God hit her, and she stood up straight, completely healed by the Lord. I didn't he have to even pray for healing, when the blockage was out of the way, she was healed. So, be sensitive to the Lord's voice, that he might give you further information, to help you minister effectively, and to highlight any possible blockages in those receiving their healing. So, let me summarize these points, 1. Recognize and emphasize that Jesus is the healer too. Check your motives 3. See your need of the Lord's anointing 4. Walk in obedience to the Lord 5. Take steps of faith 6. Learn from others 7. Realize that God wants the person well 8. Build faith in those to whom you are ministering 9. Help people to release their faith 10. Be open to the Lord for further information.